go. So Chris, what is your favorite Christmas present ever? <sighs> oh, favorite Christmas present ever. Oh man, this is because because the issue that stems from this is there's like what is the best one that I received and like what has like the most nostalgia. Like I've received like a lot of really really good presents in the last couple of years. My girlfriend Kara is an amazing gift giver. Um, she is she, upper echelon. Upper echelon gift giver. Like I she I have to she has to tell me what to get her for Christmas because if not I'll just shit the bedding. Every every everything I've ever gotten her that was like my idea that I thought was like oh this is such a great idea just flat on my face flat on my face and every gift she gets me is like the greatest gift I use it all the time it's all right answer the question well, let's go for nostalgia then let's let's do a nostalgic one so we can all answer that so we don't have to worry about the why nostalgia the nostalgia one is uh, GI Joe uh, I I used to get GI Joes also a huge a huge one for me is I love Legos. And it doesn't matter what kind of Lego it is. Uh, every year I get a Lego like on to build on Christmas. That's very important. So usually every yeah. year I get a Lego. And that's my favorite. So Legos, I think kind of Lego. That's good. I mean, I've got I've got a similar story when I was like eight or nine years old. Uh, so I, we had a dual holiday household when I was a kid. We did Hanukkah and Christmas. And so, Double I mean, the chip, I like it. Yeah. I mean, the Hanukkah was always smaller stuff, you know, but the, there was one Christmas morning. I must've been eight or nine. I was, this is when Christmas really started first registering to me. I slept with my, in my sister's room with her. Cause I couldn't really sleep. I woke up at like four o'clock in the morning and went downstairs to pee. And somehow my parents had already set up all the gifts and they always left one unwrapped. Uh, and th that year it was a, a huge tower that was Mighty Max. And if you guys don't know what Mighty Max is, it's like the male version of Polly Pocket. There were these dioramas with little tiny figurines. Uh, and this was like a massive mountain and it came with like 20 different figurines. And I just ran upstairs at like four o'clock in the morning, screaming in my sister's room <laughs> that I had got the Mighty Max thing. And she's like, all right, Ben, calm down. You got to go to sleep or else you won't get it. She was already paranoid. <laughs> Like he's trying to just like talk you back from the edge of excitement. Like you need to relax, or they're gonna fucking throw it out. Please, Ben. See what I I got. I got something similar, but I got the Star Wars head. So like it'd be Darth Vader's head or Chewbacca's yeah. head or C3PO's yep. head, and then you would open it up, and it would be a scene from Star Wars with the little teeny figurines that you would play with. So like uh, Chewbacca opened up, and it was Endor, and like you had like the rolling logs and the that was one. And then one year, the year the PS3 came out, I didn't ask for it because that was like only only snoots asked for a new PS3. And my mom surprised me with one. I had no idea. I thought it was new bed sheets. Similar size <laughs> like box. This box you got like a comfort, like a comfort, like a comfort. Like... Were you getting excited no. for a comforter and then you got a PS3? <laughs> you no, weren't I that. Just, you I weren't that really yet. used the nice new duvet, but I guess. I didn't know my mom was going to drop, you know, what was it, 400 bucks on me, you know, yeah. for no, no reason other than love. Mm. Oh, yeah, no. Love? Love or friendship?
Good evening, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of the Pining Four podcast. This week's edition of the Pining Four podcast has been brought to you by Nine Pin Cider, New York's fine first farm cidery, and they have teamed up with Stewart Shops Beer Caves across New York State. Look for Nine Pin Signature Four Packs or Nine Pin's Light Cider Variety Packs for local cider from local farms in all of 132 or 134 Stewart Shops Beer Caves. Nine Pin Cider and Stewart's is truly an upstate New York dream team. All right, everybody. So uh, as as we do every week, I am your host, Ben Max, uh, and with me as always is Greg Marcou and Chris Grasso. Uh, it's we're in the playoffs now. I, I don't know what to make of it because I'm not in, uh, but other people are. So what did you guys think of this week? It was kind of disappointing, kind of exciting. A lot of games on the line. Womp, womp, womp. I think it was it was a very anticlimactic. <laughs> it was just a very anticlimactic week. You know, kind of once the writing was on the wall that Vinny wasn't going to beat Eckle. There wasn't a lot of excitement, you know. Even if that game was close, and Eckel still won, it still would have been fun. But Eckel was had, I think he scored the second highest points this week. You know, so the game that Ben and I had didn't really matter. Spencer's right. game didn't really matter, even though Spencer had a great game. You know, anticlimactic, but you know, fantasy football is a is a fickle bitch. Right. See, you know, I'm I'm a little self centered for this week. Um, I have never been good at fantasy football ever. Um, I mean. In the in a winning standpoint, um, I'm I'm good at it. I score lots of points. I just don't actually win anything. Um, and this week for me was really important because Jimmy's team is a very good team, and for me to beat Jimmy's team, who I will probably face in the playoffs or the final at some point, um, was a big deal for me. Um, but yeah, Echo Echo winning that game and like actually scoring points the one week where he needs to score points makes me shake my head. Um, but he's going into the playoffs at seven and six, so he's not really a, a, a powerhouse uh, rumbling into the playoffs. All right, so let's with that, let's go right into the recap. So we'll start with with your game, Grasso. Now you guys had f- the first round by on the line. Whoever won this game was going to have that one that first week by, regardless of what happened in Vinny and Eccles' game. And it was close. Uh, Jimmy's team scored 108.25. You scored 118.55. It really came down to, you know, your best player showing up. You got your bitch, Miles Gaskin, back. He finally showed up for you again, even though you had that goose egg Uh from Kyle Rudolph with Mark Andrews on uh, on the men with the COVID protocol. It was a a good win for you. You needed it when you had it, and you had all of your players show up. I mean, Thielen was back. Julio Jones showed up. Uh, It it was a good score for you. And not that Jimmy's team did bad, but you just did that much little bit better. Yeah, having that hole at tight end, it it makes me upset um, because I couldn't figure out how to shift, drop people or shift around, and I ended up dropping Noah Fant um, because he didn't have a quarterback. And I tried to pick him back up, and Echo just scrounges all of the players that I dropped because my picks are so good that he just picks up literally every player. The last three players that I've dropped, Echo has picked up. Um, you can check it with PFA if you want, but he does currently have Le'Veon Bell, and he does currently have Noah Fant. Um, but I'm just saying, like, that's that's something that's kind of upsetting to me. 
uh, that I couldn't figure, I couldn't really couldn't figure that out. Um, even though I won this week, that's something that makes me nervous going into the playoffs for sure. Um, Jimmy also had a, didn't have a bad game. You know, he slouched very slightly in this game. Um, it's a, it was a 10 point game. So that's a, a, it's a, it's a touchdown. Yeah. The Kyler Murray, I mean, he scored 20 points, which is fine from a quarterback, but he, Jimmy was relying on Kyler heavily through the first half for, you know, you know, so many 30 point games. Exactly. And so that just has really fallen off the last couple of weeks. I still think Jimmy's got a strong team. You know, Grosso's top three scorers were his three best players were Aaron Rodgers, Dalvin Cook, and Adam Thielen. You know, you got the you got the scores from where you needed. You know, who needs a tight end? Basically, if you don't have Darren Waller or Travis Kelsey, tight end is a crapshoot. So what are you gonna do? All right. So let's move on to the matchup that probably crushed our spirits the most. So it was the the Eckle and Vinny game. Uh, no matter what, Vinny was going to make the playoffs. Even if he won, he wasn't going to get a first week bye. But for me and Doge, we needed Vinny to beat Eckel because if Eckel won, he was in the playoffs. So the score here was the Vinzaloons 96.65 to the Big X Bashers 128.55. Honestly, it's a soul-crushing defeat. Uh, and it really came down to somehow the Giants defense really showing up and Cleveland coming out to such a big lead where Derrick Henry wasn't a factor in the game. Those point losses from Vinny's team really buoyed Eckel. See, I mean, Eckel had, correct me if I'm wrong, the, the most or second most points scored this week by just a second most points scored by just a point, not even a point. So, I mean, his team really showed up. And, you know, we dog Eckle every week for making really poor managerial decisions. He started Adrian Peterson, and he scored 17 points. He he started Noah Fant. He started Debo Samuel, which I wouldn't have done, and they all produced for him. So, I mean, hats off to Eckle. He really, he really got the win when he needed it. Vinny's downfall with Derrick Henry only scoring five points and not rushing the ball was Eccles' gain because Eckle started Tannehill. So once mm-hmm. Cleveland was up 38 to nothing in the fir- at, at halftime, you knew Tannehill was going to have to chuck it, and he absolutely did. Um, so that, pro- that one game probably swung the matchup. If that game, you know, that matchup was, you know, a 24 to 28 game, it's probably going to be a lot more points for Henry and a, a lot fewer than um, for Tannehill. So, you know, it right. worked out in Eckles' favor. Congratulations to the Bastards for making the playoffs yet again with a terrible team. This is a tough beat for Vinny. Um, his team <clears throat> coming into the week looked on paper like super good. Benny Snell on the flex. He's been getting a lot of looks in Pittsburgh. But Pittsburgh shuffles the ball around a lot. Um, it's really hard to look at Russell Wilson getting beat by the giants. That's like something that hurts my eyes um, and confuses me slightly, but I guess like the giants are better. I just want to hate the giants. Um, I just want them to be bad because the jets are bad, but they're actually doing great. Um, relative it, to the NFC East. Relative to the NFC East. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they're doing great for, for a team that is like, like, so I'm imagining like a pirate ship, gets captured by a British convoy and then there's four pirates and they take those pirates and they throw them in like a cage that's like slowly sinking and they can like they're gasping for breath and that's the NFC East 
And it just so happens that the the Giants are like forcing their face through the grate just to breathe just the, the last gasps of uh, air. Um, but when they get to the playoffs, they're going to get absolutely crushed. Um, but I just like Greg Eckel, uh, he's in the playoffs and he's going to get absolutely crushed, just like the Giants. Um, his team is flimsy at best. I didn't know where you were going with that analogy, but it ended up working out really well in the end. Listen, neither did I. <laughs> <laughs> okay. it was incredible. So, it was incredible. Sometimes you just work it out while you're doing it. All right. Smoke weed every day. <laughs> All right. So we're going to move on to some of the, the less <laughs> consequential matchups here. So we're going to breeze through them. Fitz crushed Moose's team. Moose has already admitted that he wasn't really playing for anything here. Uh, even though Josh Allen showed up, the rest of his team didn't. I mean, as, as Doge would say, his team is a doo-doo butter. Uh, and, you know, Fitz getting Montgomery back is going to be a big deal going to the playoffs. And otherwise, his team just had a good week, even with Frank Gore scoring less than a point. But yeah. so he got a, he got a concussion early, you know, nothing you can really stop with that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's a it's a tough beat that Moose's uh, second highest scoring player was his kicker. Um, so that doesn't really bode well for the rest of your team. No, no. So, yeah, so we'll just keep it there because, again, inconsequential matchup. Uh, another inconsequential matchup, I guess maybe for mouth breather seeding, uh, the weak side werewolves and the keys to success, weak side werewolves scored 135, huge week, you know, his team's five in a row, I believe wins for him. So he's been, he's getting hot at the right time to stave off that mouth breather shirt name and Keegan's 97.65, not awful, but not good either. You look at Keegan's team and, you know, a lot of double digits, but low double digits, all in the positives. And we've seen a lot of negatives recently, but the weak side of werewolves, I mean, you have a tight end scoring 40 points, which hasn't happened maybe since Gronk's heyday. It's, it's a huge number. His team did well, even with the Cardinals scoring negative three points. So uh, Dale's got to like where he's sitting right now. Dale's team is definitely rolling into the playoffs. Super freaking hot right now. Nick Chubb is back, and he is the heart and soul of that that offense that is just on on fire right now. Um, Singletary as an RB two is kind of a question mark for me going into the playoffs a little bit. But I mean, we'll see what happens um, and see if he maybe picks uh, picks someone else up. But I, I'm I'm confident that Dale is not going to be the mouth breather and I am not confident that Keegan will not be the mouth breather. He is the hottest team in the league right now is that Dale Conley. I don't know where it's come from. He pulled some magic out of his hat out of his ass and 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 is doing incredible. And again I I was happy once I knew Echo was going to win, I was happy I lost against Ben because it mean it meant I didn't have to play Dale in the first round of the mouth breather playoffs. And yeah, I'm a little worried this week, but we'll we'll get to the matchups after, after we go through these. So I think the next score I'm going to talk about is probably the most surprising score of the week. It was Spencer Saxoneffer is going up against the prohibitive favorite up until this point, the Fantasy Empire. Uh, Spencer's Saxoneffer scored 119.25 points to Deej's 101.8. I mean, the big story here was Antonio Gibson's injury, who 
DJ has been relying on and he got injured early in that game with a uh, really bad turf toe is what they're calling it. So he may be out for the first couple weeks of the playoffs when Deej really needs him. You know, he's been relying on Mahomes and Tyreek Hill who had okay games for them, but not the world beating games. And Spencer's team really showed up. Jonathan Taylor came back. His quarterback is still a shitty situation, but you know, his, his wide receivers more than made up for it. So a good win for Spencer. Uh, Spencer rolling into the Mount Beer playoff. His team looks pretty strong. Uh, he's got a little bit of weakness at maybe tight end. Um, and like you were saying, Ben, quarterback is a question mark. Goffrey is always uh, a question. Uh, but looking at DJ's team rolling into the the Alba playoffs, it, it, his RB2 is a big question mark uh, right now without I mean, I guess you put Mostert in, but he's been hurt all season. So is he going to play as hard as he usually plays? Is he going to get hurt again? There's all these all these questions. He only scored 4.8 fantasy points this week. Um, so do you really want him in as your RB2? Um, his team is still very scary um, and can go a long way. Uh, it's going to be a very interesting matchup this weekend for him. Spencer's team looks dangerous. I mean, those two receivers, you're not, you're not going to have a – you might have one bad game. He's the but... best one to punch in, in in the entire league right now, for sure. He is the best oh, wide for receiver. receivers, without a doubt. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that that scares me. And then Jacobs is probably going to come back this week. Yeah. Spencer's again looking looking strong. And again, that that Gibson injury, like you said, Ben, he's going to be out at least this week. Um, you know, I don't know if you've ever, anyone's really, uh, you know, broken a toe, stubbed the toe, but it is the you think a toe? Oh, you're fine. No, it's the it's the worst. So I was I did a little bit of research on turf toe because I didn't really know what it was. Um, it's, bad. it's it's bad. So essentially, it is a hyperextension of the joint in your toe. So I don't know if you guys have ever hyperextended a shoulder, an elbow, trying to reach or something, trying to if you were climbing. But it's essentially all of the ligaments and everything is is stretched and pulled and. All of that takes time to get back into shape, and it is a question mark amount of time. It's not well, a bone takes X, an ACL takes X amount of time. It's uh, a turf toe, one of those hyper extensions. It's nothing tore, nothing ripped. It just got really. It stretched like you stretched a rubber band, and it's not going to come all the way back. Uh, it's going to take time, uh, and it's a really hard injury to come back from. So I will no longer make fun of turf toe. Yeah, it's one of those injuries that doesn't sound bad, but but it really is worse than it is. It sounds like something like like it sounds fake. It sounds like, it sounds a like fake. you have dirt under your toenail. Yes. Yes. Like yeah. you like you stubbed your toe real bad and there's like a little turf under your nail and you can't really uh, you can barely wait on it. It's, it's awful. Yeah. So we're going to move on to the worst matchup, the the hollowest matchup. Uh, this the final one. It's it's the broken clock corollary. My team versus Doge's Wieners Wien Dogs. It, the score was ninety eight point seven five to seventy six point two five, but it was really a hollow victory because it didn't mean anything. I mean, outside of who had to face Dale in the first round and who had to face Spencer in the first round. And you know, my team did pull it out, even though uh, Ceh was a healthy scratch. <laughs> I started him and they said he was going to be healthy, but he had no touches the whole game. Uh, he so- was active. He was addressed, had his shoulder pads on, had his helmet, just didn't see the field, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's I expect him to come back next week. But- that they would have put in their report because he was active, but he had some sort of illness. He was sick. He right. wasn't feeling well. So they gave 
Lev Bell all the touches because he, he was like an emergency right. play if they need it. And who, or they're not going to put that in the game plan because then the team that they're playing is going to game plan for Lev Bell and not CH. Right. And I mean, the only big storylines that really came out of this game was Corey Davis's breakout performance, although they were behind the whole game. So Tannehill had to pass it to him. But, you know, 29 points is great for a receiver that needed it. And the other big storyline is that New England completely demolished the Chargers. So Justin Herbert and Austin Eckler, two of Doge's biggest people that he needed to play well, just didn't. I put that game on and I was like, I hope it's a high scoring game. I hope. It's a, it's a, you know, Cam running the ball, Herbert throwing the ball. And then my Patriots decided to have their best game of the year. Yeah, it Come was, on, guys. It was, yeah, it was. I didn't, I, you know what my issue was? I didn't call Bill like I normally do. You got to talk to him, Bill. You got to say, hey, listen, Bill, if you could just let it. But you know what it is? It's a rookie quarterback versus Bill Belichick. Yeah. Yeah. And I I don't know what the there was some there's some kind of crazy number where like no one under the they're like two people under the age of 27 have ever beat Bill Belichick. Yeah, like I should have known. The only silly. One. I should have known. It's, it's okay. something silly. He's he's yeah. and that's Herbert is will bounce back from this game. He is so good. Herbert looks like he's asking your daughter out to the junior prom, but Jesus Christ, can he sling a rope? Like well, since he, he shaved anyways. No oh, man. Even before it, like he's, he's got like terrible acne. I'm not the one to point it out, but like, can we get some? Can we he's get like him a 20, little? He's like 21 or 22. Yeah. Like he's, a, he's still a kid. He's, he's literally a child. So imagine going up against Bill Belichick, who is has a 30 has more years of experience in the NFL, and this kid has literally been on the earth. Yes. He's going to so, bounce back in this game for sure. So to sum up how the Chargers played against New England. That being said, we're going to move on. Uh, That wraps up our wrap-up from last week, and it's the end of the regular season. So I thought it would be a good time to look back on this year. And, you know, we did a lot of things differently. This is the first year that we ever did a PPR. So uh, points were elevated a little bit. But when you look at it, you know, there's a lot of firsts that happened the season outside of – just the half point PPR. Obviously it was Dale's first season and he started with a rough patch, uh, but he finished very strong. So I thought it would be good to look back at since I've joined the league, since I was, uh, I was basically the most recent for people that are still in the league for everybody that's been added in since the original uh, founders of the league to see how he stacked up against everybody else. So there's four people that have entered. It was me. It was Moose. It was Jimmy and it was Dale. So Dale finished, uh, unfortunately, in last out of those four at five and eight uh, from the regular season. But his teams look strong. Moose and Jimmy both finished in seven and six. And uh, we won't get into it because you guys are sick of hearing of it. But I finished 11-2 in my first year. So it was, you know, it was uh, – Dale had a good first show. I don't remember that year. So didn't happen. I'm pretty sure you finished in last place because I named your team the next year. Motherfucker, I know. Osama bin Jeansy Phelps. Osama bin Jeansy Phelps. Motherfucker. Like, what? what's happening? You pulled I, had, I had help from the rest of the league. because They had cut so deep. One time, I wore jean shorts one time. One time too many. And I've only worn them ironically since then, okay? I didn't realize Every it was day. for shorts. Every but... day. <laughs> yeah, it was shorts. And they said I look like Michael Phelps, which I'm sorry. I don't look like Michael Phelps, but apparently I look like Michael Phelps. Can you swim well? How's your butterfly stroke? 
It's terrible. One time I almost drowned trying to do butterfly. That's a real story. Okay. I almost, I, almost, I swear, I took a whole gulp of water. I was on a swim team. I'm a, a good swimmer. I was a lifeguard. I'm a good swimmer. We were undefeated CYO champions back in the day when I was like 14 years old. That's probably the highlight. I peaked, I peaked very early. Um, so we were, uh, so I can swim. Uh, but I was like literally trying to do the breaststroke. They're like, Russell, why don't you try and do the bread? And I swallowed so much water. I almost, oh, yeah. And I, I'm, I, I can do some good swims, but not the butterfly. It's ridiculous. Too much so, coordination. So if this makes you feel better, Grasso, you did set a record for the most points scored ever in our league in the regular season with 1,634, which, oh, that's cool. uh, although I, I do have to cl- clarify that the top three teams all scored more than the original highest score. And that's part of it is because of half the point PPR, PPR but yeah. yours is so much higher. The original score was set by Vinny in 2017 at 1488. So, oh, wow. Yeah, so it was uh, you know 150 points more than what Vinny's was, and so that would that would mean that you would have had to have at least 300 300 receptions. receptions. Yes, 300 receptions, which I don't know if you did or not. We we didn't go back and do those stats because our our uh, interns are on holiday leave. So we'll we'll get back to you maybe uh, in the wrap up podcast and tell you if that that is accurate. But so yes, you set a record. So congratulations. Uh, some other individual records. We did have the highest score ever. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, we mentioned it. The Dynasty scored 200.4 points. So congratulations to you, Deej. Again, half point PPR, but still the highest score we've ever seen. Now, this we've also seen two of the lowest scores we've ever had. And they were against each other. Week right, 10, I was going to say, didn't they play each other in that game? And yeah, then, they uh... did. Uh, week 10, it was Keegan versus Vinny. Uh, Keegan scored 49.1 and Vinny scored 56.3, I think. Now, remember, this is half point PPR, so it's even that much more pathetic than any of our other years. But it was, I, I don't even know what else to say about that. It was just, it was bad, just outright bad, and we should move on, yeah, which we will. So, uh, the other interesting part is you look at the activity of the league, and this is one of our most active years. It's difficult to trace back because ESPN doesn't trace uh, activity past the year prior. But from what we can tell, we had the most uh, add and drops by one team ever by the Moose Mayhem with 79. Uh, we're not going to count activates and deactivates because that's a stupid stat. But Moose, Moose had 79 for the ad, uh, ad drop, and last year Deej had 74. So it was a little bit of a drop off, but I mean, when you look at Moose Mayhem's activates, we're going to talk about it. He had like 260. It was outrageous. Yeah, that doesn't. I mean, that's a that's a that's a daily tinker thing. That the, yeah. the activations doesn't really matter because you know, right. you you can also activate somebody and then like change your mind. You know, when you're pooping, you know, later that day, and then you change your mind. You know, when you come home, and so that is, I, the the transaction is, is wild. Seventy is a yeah. lot. I mean, I had like 50, but 70 is a yeah. lot. Well, almost 80. One more and it would have been 80. So, And it's a sort, you know, it's only 13 weeks. So you average that out. That's five and a half, six a week or so. Uh, and that's so, pickups yeah. that, that, that pick or drops off right. of the wire. Mm-hmm. That's exactly. Five, five players a week is a lot. That's a good chunk of your team. There's not that many players on your team. Yeah. So on that note too, the other activity, which I was really happy to see, was trades. So we set a single season record. 
uh, Doge himself had eight trades. Eight trades is outrageous in any league. Not just to- just total. Total, if you have eight trades in a league, it's an active league. He had eight trades by himself. Not five enough. With- <laughs> okay, well, you have to top it next year. Uh, <laughs> uh, five I mean, was the previous high. One more real good one. Yeah. Yep. I mean, five was the previous high last year by Deej. And as a league at whole, every single team had at least two trades, which you never seen every I've never seen in any league I've ever played in every single team having a trade, which is outrageous. But in terms of the entire team league, we had 23 trades. Now, that's if you individualize it, you had 46 trades, but you have to divide that by half because there's two teams in every trade. So just that amount of activity was great. Some of it, you know, was garbage players for garbage players, but there were a few blockbusters here or there. You had the Aaron Jones and Michael uh, Michael Thomas for Duke Johnson and David Johnson and one other player that I'm forgetting. But, that, you know, we, we had some big ones. Todd Gurley for Mike Davis was a big one, too, because uh, I'm partial to that. But you, you saw him all over the place. So it was a big year for everybody. Everybody was active in that, and I love to see that. It's, it's, it's interesting to me that as we get further into this league and we all get a little bit smarter and more competitive, we're actually trading more because we realize, like, the actual value of our players and that we, like, need to give up. We need to, like cut some of the emotional tie that we have to like, I never, I hate trading because I'm like, this is my draft team. This is the team I wanted. I'm never going to trade them. But sometimes when the stock is right, you've got to trade players and trade up. Yeah. I mean, my whole, I mean, I had eight, you said, so my hope, my, I mean, my strategy kind of midway through the draft was I had my top two running backs. I had Miles Sanders and Austin Eckler who on draft night were, you know, top 10, top 15 running backs. And then I kind of stocked up with wide receivers. I had six wide receivers that I, you know, that are now starting. Well, I had Wolf. I had started with Will Fuller. I started with Robert Woods. You know, I started with some really great receivers. Um, I was able to move them early, a lot of them early. Um, so yeah, you know, it kind of, it, you know, usually when you draft uh, one position overly um, to try to set up trades like Deej does a lot, it doesn't usually work because people don't want to trade with you, but this year it worked for me. You know, it didn't get me into the playoffs, but I had some injury bites. So but it was, I love trading. So if you get a text message from me, let's talk. Right. And that's, you know, talking has been a big part of our league. We're all talking to each other, making trades. And that's one of the biggest things. You can't just send blind trades and expect, expect people to accept them. You got to massage it. You got to go through it. You know, and I was in a similar spot. I had a terrible, terrible draft. And the only way I could even win six games was through all the trades that I made. Uh, so, you know, that's part of the things. You got to talk to everybody. You got to figure what their wants are, what your wants are, and just meet somewhere in the middle. So that wraps up our firsts for the for the year and for the week. So right now we have our weekly ad read from Moose. It's week 13. And that means the Moose Mayhem have the week off. So to give a bi-week pep talk to our new potential mouth breather, along with a message for the rest of the league, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome former Buffalo Bills legend, Wide receiver, Stevie Johnson. We've all been through it. Those up and down seasons. Hey, it happens to the best of us. Don't let it get to you, though. So shout out to the Moose Mayhem team. And shout out to everybody in your fantasy football league. Because as long as you're having fun, I mean, it's all worth it. You know what I'm saying? But uh, at the end of the day, going into these final weeks, just set your roster. Have fun with it. And if you win, you win. And if you don't, make sure you got some Mentos on deck. All right, 
Peace. That's all I got for you. Why so serious? <laughs>
and let's just be- and it- go ahead. No, it's just great. They have great storylines. They're great characters. They have Pat McAfee is one of the greatest characters ever in football, and he was a fucking punter and a place kick. One massive hit, massive. He's not had a couple. Hurt. He's had like a couple of really good sideline hits, but he's a huge character, and that's the important thing for those guys is they need to be characters because they need to have a lot of confidence when they're going into – that's the most pressure-filled situation. It's a one-time thing. They don't get four downs, you know, to figure it out. They don't get a whole – they get five shots all game. So, you know? yeah. But so Now that Cross was over his love affair with kickers. We can, uh, <laughs> I'm over my talk, love let, affair with kickers. Let, let's talk about the actual power rankings for a second. I mean, really, although it's a one through six, except for probably Echo, any of the five teams have a shot at getting hot and winning. But- but again, Michael Thomas mm-hmm. is Michael Thomas. Right. Aaron, Aaron Jones, Jones. Yeah. is Aaron Jones. Mm-hmm. Do not be surprised if that trade in week whatever ten, what ten was I think it was? Because Breezy Boy is coming back. Don't be surprised. Breezy Boy is coming back. Breezy is not going to come back. Breeze is coming back. He's, he's he's gonna, he loves football too much. He's coming back to finish out this season, especially uh, if they're going to the playoffs. He has eleven broken ribs. Like what? Just, One I'm hit and saying, he's dead. I'm just saying we keep downplaying Eckel, but he has that's true. He has the guys that can win you a week. Does he have guys that can also lose you a week? A hundred percent. But he's got those guys that can score thirty to forty points and really blow someone out in a week. So he's got hope. He does have a really tough matchup this week. It'll be interesting. Surprise, motherfucker. Yeah, that's a that's a tough call. I mean, Eckel does have the potential to win, but he also has the potential to only score seventy four points if nobody shows up. Um, his team has been showing up consistently, though, which makes me nervous. Although he hasn't scored a lot of points this season in the last five weeks or so, he's been pretty consistent. Um, if he doesn't do too much tinkering and out, he usually outmanages himself, and and he'll leave points on the bench. Um, and he's going up against a team that does not leave points on the bench and manages yeah. to the, its full potential every single time. So that's, I think that's really what this matchup comes down to is how they work their bench and how they manage the, their teams because echo will mismanage. Uh, I'm pretty sure. All right. So with that note, let's talk about the mouth breather playoffs. Uh, so we went six through one. Well, we're going to go six through one again, but this time th- it's going to go for the team most likely to win to the team most likely to be the mouth breather or, or one through six, depending on how you want it. Actually, no, I lied. So the team most likely to be the mouth breather. You just heard, uh, you just heard Stevie Johnson talk about him. It's the moose mayhem. Uh, then the other mouth breather likely is the keys to success. Spencer sack sniffers is at four. The Wieners Wien Dogs is a three. The Broken Clock Corollary is a two. But all three of those teams are kind of interchangeable. They're all kind of in the middle of the pack in terms of chances to win and chances to lose. And, I mean, the hottest team in the whole league really is the weak side werewolf. So we have him as the most powerful team. So, it could again, it could be anybody's team i mean you only need one win and keegan and moose have buys so it's really down to you two of these teams this week to win and get out there so we'll see where it goes so i always say with a mouth breather you want to win your first game 
Because once you get that one loss, it gets in your head. Yeah. And you're like, I can't lose again. Snowballs. It's Because snow- if I lose again, I end up in the mouth breather final and anything can happen. Jason Witten can throw a touchdown to Des Bryant and you can lose the mouth breather playoffs. That's, That's weird. That's, that seems very specific. Did that happen? Did that happen to you, Gregory? Per I, it did. It did. I was. I, I was. I did finish in eleventh place one year. Um, um, because of so fucking shitty. It was his last season. They just threw him a touchdown for like shits and giggle. Oh, what? A, oh, you want to throw a touchdown at your last season win? And then he fucking came back anyway. Twice. Twice. Two times. Because he's so bad, bad in the booth. He was one of the worst commentators. He wasn't great in the booth. Can we talk about Tony Romo in the booth? Like, can we, we got, do we have five seconds? Well, that's he's, he's the high. He's like, he makes like as much as he did as a quarterback. Chef's kiss. He's amazing. He's fantastic. Uh, I love hearing him talk. He's a better commentator than he ever was a fourth quarter quarterback. Um, or a play or a placeholder. We'll just yeah, think whatever. that the, the first the first season he was in the booth he was calling plays before the quarterback did them. He's like, oh, they're gonna they're gonna do multiple a, a, a sideline out here, and that's exactly what they did. Multiple times, but okay, back to this mouth breather. Uh, Dale is definitely really hot. I don't think anybody touches Dale. I think Dale comes away not the mouth breather in his first year. That's super important to not be the mouth breather in your first year. Um, because we would probably just relentlessly make fun of you. Uh, these five straight wins have really bolstered um really bolstered him uh and i think they'll really just continue to coast through moose's team and keegan's team with that first round by there's i have no confidence and I, either of them could be the mouth breather um they should probably just play each other and just be done with it already and yeah i mean uh, going on that obviously Dojanar's team is very close spencer's team is really close as well so uh, all any of us could win any of us could lose and be there i wouldn't be surprised anyway because keegan's team shown some life somehow sometimes moose with that loose that that loose that loss of cmc probably for the rest of the season is going to be really tough it'll be tough to recover from but you know a moose moose got a cameo from a random bills wide receiver i mean anything can happen that is true. That is true. All right, so let's talk about these matchups coming up this week. So first things first, last week our matchups, uh, when we made our picks, it didn't go well for Joe. He went two and four. It especially did not go well for Doge. He went one and five, which maybe definitely is the, the worst single week of picks we've had so far. I picked with my heart and not my head, okay? Mm-hmm. Okay. It's still one in five. Uh, so the, the, the more crushing thing is I did I did a, a point evaluation of all of our picks for the season so far. And now in third is Doge at 27 and 21. Grasso is only one game ahead of him at 28 and 20. <laughs> and then I am uh, far and away ahead. I am 31 and 17 right now. That's only three games. If I would have picked myself for the first for the for the six weeks that I lost, I would be ahead by three. But you didn't. But I didn't. I did pick myself last week and I won. You did, and so did I, and I won as well. So yeah. So with that being said, let's go right into you. You guys want to do Alba or mouth breather first? Mouth breather, breather for sure. Hundred hundred percent. I want to talk about those losers. Okay, so hurt. So we'll start. We'll start with Doge and Spencer's matchup. Uh, this one next week, you know, it it's going to be close. 
the matchups themselves are actually pretty favorable. I'm, I'm bringing it up right now. And, you know, you see Devontae Adams against Detroit and Hopkins against at the, at the Giants. And the Giants are really hot right now. So you could see either of those players kind of sinking. And the Chargers, you know the Chargers are going to have to bounce back from 45, 0-45 against one of the worst defenses at home in Atlanta. And, you know, teams going from the East Coast to the West Coast always perform poorly. So I wouldn't be surprised if Herbert has another 30-point game, if Eckler comes back a bit. If DeAndre Swift actually gets starter snaps for you, I think it's going to be a good game for you, Doge. And that is why I'm going with the Wieners Wien Dogs as my choice here. Grasso, what do you think? Okay, so here's my one really big thing with Wieners Wien Dogs. Uh, I love Justin Herbert. He was on my team for a while. Um, uh, he's playing great. Austin Eckler looks great. Uh, DeAndre Swift is rookie looks fantastic. And then your team kind of falls off for me. Calvin Ridley is a wide receiver too. Justin Jefferson is a wide receiver too on their team. Technically, I know they've been doing fantastic this season, but technically they're the second look on their team versus a Los Angeles chargers defense. Um, that's been looking relatively good and a Tampa Bay defense that's been looking relatively good all season. I think those two receivers have kind of a tough week. I'm going with the Spencer's Saxon Evers. Aaron and Doge. I think it comes down to the running backs. If you look across our teams, they're fairly even. And there's a lot of, of teams playing each other. So, like, he's got Matt Ryan starting right now. I have Justin Herbert. They're playing each other, so on and so forth. So it, it'll be interesting because there's going to be a lot of head-to-head matchups in our matchup. Um, I think our receivers are pretty even across the board. He's got the number two receiver. I have the number four receiver. He has the number seven receiver uh, and the number 24 receiver. I have 11 and 14. So we have very strong receivers. I think it's going to come down to the running backs. Jonathan Taylor starting to look like the Jonathan Taylor that was, that was promised. Josh Jacobs could come back. That'll be exciting for him. And hopefully I have Swift coming back after coming back. I think it's going to come down to, to the running backs and, and those and, the, and the, maybe a kicker in a defense. Who knows? I have a feeling that this is not my year. I'm going to pick Spencer as well. I have a feeling that I may be that, that team that loses the first game, has my confidence slashed, and then I lose the second game, and then I'm playing Moose in the final. That's what I'm worried about. Boy. So that is some doom and gloom from the Wieners Wien Dogs. We'll see how that plays out. We'll move to the other mouth breather game this week the broken clock corollary against the hottest team in the league the weak side werewolves now the knee-jerk reaction here is to say that the weak side werewolves are going to blow out my team but when you look player to player a lot of it a lot of it can change I'm sorry, for some reason, it keeps bringing up Spencer's team. Give me a second. But, I mean, you're, you're looking player like team to team. I have a feeling that CEH is going to come back strong. He didn't play at all uh, during a snaps last week. Uh, Kenyon Drake has been really consistent. Brandon Cooks is now the number one option for Deshaun Watson, who, uh, as I keep saying every week, is having a sneaky great season. Hawkinson has been consistent as a tight end can be. 
Corey Davis has been uh, kind of had a breakout game last week. We'll see where that goes for him. On the other side, I know Dale has Chubb and he's been great, although they are facing Baltimore and AFC North matchups are always brutal against both teams. So having Lamar Jackson, having Nick Chubb against each other, I have a feeling that neither of them are going to perform that great because that's how these teams play each other in these matchups. Devin Singletary doesn't scare me that much. I do, however, think Darren Waller and Deontay Johnson are going to continue doing well. Uh, That being said, I am going to go with the homer pick and pick the broken clock corollary this week, just because that's how I am. Uh, Doge, what do you think? He has a high high floor. You have a high ceiling. That's how I would describe this game. Mm. Um, He's got the, you know, he's got the Deontay Johnson. He's got the Keenan Allen who, I mean, Keenan Allen, Besides last week, is going to get you know ten to fifteen targets a game. Chubb is going to get you fifteen to twenty-five touches a game. Um, Darren Waller is going to get you the same you know good number of targets. You have the boom. You have a lot of the boom players. Brandon Cooks can score whenever you know it, it, you know can have a huge game. Corey Davis, like he showed last week, can have a huge game. Hawkinson can end up with two or three touchdowns. I think I'm going to back up what I said last week. I think Dale's going to go six six and zero oh to end the season. Um, and, and hop out of the mouth. Either. So I'm going to go with Dale. All right, Grasso. I'm looking at these teams. Um, there's question marks at, at, at RB2 on both sides, really. Um, I think his wide receiver core is a smidge better. Um, I think Waller's going to keep having great games. Uh, I think uh, Parker can definitely produce. Um, he's on a roll, and I'm I'm sorry, man. I'm gonna stick with the weak side werewolves this week again for the third week in a row. Fourth week, in, have I picked him to win every week that he's won? Looking back right now, yeah, you've picked him every single week that he's won. Interesting. Okay. All right, then moving on to the regular playoffs. We'll start with, well, both of these matchups are going to be really close, but I'm going to start with the Vinzaloons and the Fantasy Empire. And these teams, you know, Vinny's team last week, you had Russell Wilson being pathetic, really, against a, a team that he should have done better against the Giants. He's now facing the Jets. So that line, I mean, that matchup is far better. He's at home where Seattle always plays better. I just mentioned about East Coast teams traveling to the West Coast. That always is difficult for a team to overcome. Even with uh, Deej having Mahomes and Tyreek Hill, losing, losing the Washington running back that's escaping me for some reason right now is going to be really difficult to overcome with Raheem Mostert. In, in that slot, I don't think he's going to get those touches. So I'm going with the Vinzaloons. Grasso, what do you think? This is, um, <clears throat> I think all of these, the, the top end of our league is, is very close together. Um, Miami has been playing surprisingly well. Um, so that makes me nervous for Tyreek um, and the points that he can put up. Finney's team also can put up gigantic numbers. Um, I'd like to see if Connors can actually show up. He's been like relatively wishy-washy. 
Um, but I'm going to go with the Vinzaloons in this playoff. Um, I think the Fantasy Empire has a really good team. Um, but it's really hard for me to for me to pick Deej. <laughs> I, I don't want to play either of them uh, at the end of the day. Um, they're both really strong teams. And I think it's going to be super hyper close. It's going to come down to probably 10 points. And you do play the winner of this game unless Echo wins. Um in his matchup. So, so, wait, could, so what was your pick, Rasa? I'm going with Vinny. Okay. The Nooch, the Vinzaloons. Vinzalucci. All right, Greg. So, Vinny's got a lot of great matchups this week. Again, like what was brought up before, playing that he's got Lockett and Russell Wilson playing the Jets at home. You have Den- Derrick Henry against Jacksonville. And let me tell you, Derrick Henry is probably pissed that he did not see the field as much as he wanted to connor's playing buffalo connor's is playing buffalo that's a great you know buffalo's on a great defense robbie anderson you know his the other receivers are out you know right now i don't know i don't think dj moore has been activated i think curtis samuel hasn't been activated yet um so he's like really the only target um i think vinny's just gonna vinny just it might sneak this one I think Deej again has the hill has the hill Mahomes combo, but I think that that Vinny's team is overall a little bit stronger. Alrighty, so that that is our only sweep so far. So let's move on to the TDs versus Eckle, which at first blush you think this is not going like you just hear those names and you know how those teams have been all season. You don't think it's going to be a close matchup, but you actually look at it, and I think this is going to be a matchup that's within five points of each other. But when you look player to player, you know, Zeke Elliott's been a huge disappointment this year. I think he he might be reaching his cap with that team. But besides that, I, again, like I mentioned about the the Seahawks playing the Jets, he has Chris Carson, who when he plays, he is the, one of the best running backs in football, fantasy-wise. He always puts up points because he catches. They get him involved in all sorts of ways. Kyler Murray has been up and down. I know he's got that shoulder issue right now. Wayne Gallman has been surprisingly consistent. On the uh, on the flip side of it, Ryan Tannehill does not normally this season have good back-to-back games. He was passing a ton last week, so I don't think he's going to be passing as much again with Derrick Henry giving the rock, and Derrick Henry doesn't catch passes. He only runs the ball. I think Tannehill's numbers are going to be a little bit depressed. Aaron Jones is probably still going to do it for him, but with Debo... And Michael Thomas at your as your top two wide receivers. I, I don't know if Thomas is going to keep consistently do those running back or those wide receiver numbers. So for a lot of these reasons, I'm going with the TDs. Doge, tell me what you think. I think it's another it, it's another really good matchups versus really tough matchups. You're right. Carson is playing. You know, Carson and Elliott are playing. New Jersey or New Jersey, you know, the, the, New, 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 the, the New Jersey Jets, because um, they're so bad, they've moved to New Jersey um, and they're playing, the, you know, in Zeke's playing the Bengals. And I love it. I love that we say Zeke is disappointing. I think we can all agree he's disappointing. He's still the ninth running back in fantasy football. <laughs> he's, he's still very, very good. Volume um, trumps all. Yes. Um, I, again, Eccles got a very high ceiling with his receivers. He's got Chase Claypool, who we saw what Chase Claypool can do in Buffalo. I think that's going to be a really high-scoring game. I'm going to pick Eckle. I think, again, what I think I'm, ha- I'm having the, them trending downward. I think Eckle's trending upward. I got a, I got a feeling Eckle's going to 
say, see, I'm, I'm better than you think. I'm better than you think. I think that's what's going to happen this week. All right. You know, next year I need to get an Echo soundboard because I have to start recording. Just one, just one that's exclusively Echo. <laughs> like six or seven sound bites. Come on, you bashers! Just a clapping sound. <laughs> yeah. All right. So that wraps up our podcast this week, our first playoff week. Does anybody have any final comments? Grasso, Grasso didn't pick that last matchup. Oh, sorry. I, I completely skipped over you. My bad. I'm, it's, I mean, I'm the one that's high over here. I'm just saying. Yeah. Um. So Greg Eckle has a not a good fantasy football team uh, for the entire season. Um, and Jimmy has had a good fantasy football team for the entire season. Um, I think Jimmy is a better manager than Greg. Uh, Jimmy sat Ezekiel Elliott um, when he was shitting the bed. Something I'm pretty sure Echo would never even dream of doing. Oh, it's Zeke. Um, I think Jimmy comes out with this win. It's super duper close. Um, but I think Jimmy ekes it out, even though Echo's team is kind of hot right now. I mean, Taysom Hill is still throwing the ball in New Orleans, so it's not Drew Brees. Uh, Debo still coming off an injury, so he's still kind of soft. Uh, Echo's team. I don't think Ryan Tannehill is going to throw the ball like you said as much this week. Um, I'm going with Jimmy. All right, so we'll we'll see how we do, Greg. I'm sure you want to do better than one and five from last let's, week. Let's hope. And uh, and one update to to end the end the podcast. Um, Baby Marku number two um, is now the size of a pomegranate. Don't know how big a pomegranate yes, is, motherfucker. But I, it, like a softball, like the size of a, a regulation softball. That big. I mean, it depends what kind of a pomegranate is it. Is it an Asian pomegranate or is it a Middle Eastern pomegranate? What's the most common one? Yeah. Like a Middle Eastern one? Then it's probably that. It like was a, an avocado between last week. Between a softball and a baseball. It was an avocado last week. Now it's a pomegranate. Okay, so it's probably like a, a little bit bigger than a baseball. Thank you. Thank you, Chef. That's what a pomegranate looks like. All right. Uh, so on that note, uh, baby Marku is growing. And everybody, uh, for the Wieners Wien Dogs and Greg Marcou and the Two Beers Tube Deep for Chris Grasso, I am Ben Max, the owner of the Broken Clock Corollary, reminding everybody to win your week. Good night. Uh, playoffs.